Hey friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am so glad that you're here today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Think of this as a therapy session with your best friend. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they are on the way out. Lean into the topic that God's bringing up today on living true and getting back to you. Stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest, Christy Wright, is a number one national best-selling author, personal development expert, and host of The Christy Wright Show. She's been featured on Today's Show and Fox News and in Entrepreneur and Women's Day magazines. Since 2009, Christy has served at Ramsey Solutions, where she teaches on personal development, business, and faith. Today, we discuss Christy's latest book, Living True, 40 Days to Get Back to You. Christy shared practical ways we can get back to who God created us to be by leaning into the truth of who He is. Let's dive into that conversation with Christy. Well, hello, Christy, and welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. Yeah. Um, before we jump into the topic that we're going to talk about, I love to ask my guests, what is one random fun fact about you that I didn't read in your professional bio? Oh, gosh. Um, I can say my alphabet backwards. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what first came to mind. I was on a, my mom, she falls asleep every time she like, she falls asleep on long road trips. So she never could drive us to Florida very easily. So we took a Greyhound when I was 10 years old to Orlando to go to Disney World. It took 22 hours and I was so bored. I learned my alphabet backwards. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. You know, I, I feel like I've heard one other person say that and I, I, whenever I start thinking about my alphabet backwards, I can't get past Z. I'm like, wait, what's before Z? Like, I don't oh, even no. know. So. You gotta, you gotta really work on it on a Greyhound bus ride. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So I would love to, for you to share with the listeners, how did you get started in the online space? Well, for me, it's interesting because I feel like I did not start in the online space. I started in the physical of like doing events and books, tangible products. And then the online space for me was a natural way to market it, add value, uh, create content, build trust and just reach more people. So for me, it was more of a marketing channel where I know some people start online and that is the avenue for their for their business or for their products or, or coaching or whatever that type of thing. So I, yeah, for me, it was just a really natural way to reach more people. And we started the business boutique brand in 2015. And so really started creating content around starting a side business or small business or home-based business in 2015. And then just this last year, I've kind of transitioned from just business to more of the faith and personal development. So I feel like that's where God's leading me. And also that's where people were showing up. You know, People were coming to my business boutique events and reading my business boutique book and listening to the podcast. And I'm like, Oh, what's your business? And they're like, Oh, I don't have one. You just help me in my life or with my goals. I'm like, Oh, okay. So we kind of tried to respond to that and also be faithful to where I felt like God was leading me also. And so now that's what turned into the Christy Wright show. And so you're seeing the online 
evolution even of the brand uh, in response to the market and where I feel like God's leading me. Yeah. I love hearing people's stories because I kind of have a backwards story. I got into the online space actually in 2015, but as the faith side, like I just started a blog because I was like, I just want to share my faith and and people started reading it. And then I started getting asked to speak at events. And then I started this podcast. And so I had all these things happening and then people were wanting me to teach them how they could get started too. So then the business kind of came afterwards for me because it was like, oh, well, this is all kind of happening. I have people asking for resources. And so let's turn this into a business as well because guess what? (laughs) Being in the online space, it takes money. I don't know if people, they they don't always understand that. And so I started to recognize, and my husband and I are business owners. We actually own a medical practice, so brick and mortar business. And and so he's very business-minded and he's like, Rach, if you want to keep doing this, I'm all for it, but we need to make sure <laughs> you need to figure out if it's a business or it's a hobby and um, either one is fine, but you just need to figure out which one you're doing. And so we turned it into a business. So yeah, fun fact. That's so great. Yeah. I think I actually went through your business boutique. It's been several years ago, um, the online course. Do you still have the online course? Yeah. So I have um, a couple courses like my social media simplified and business idea bootcamp, but my coaching group is called the Academy. So that might be what you're talking about. It's a business boutique Academy. And we open twice a year for just kind of regular monthly coaching. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. So, you know, this podcast is not particularly a business podcast, but I just love to let people kind of get a glimpse into some of my guests and what you guys do. Um, And so your show, the Christy Wright show, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah. So we started last year, like I said, in response to people showing up that didn't have businesses and didn't want them. But at the same time, really, for the last four years, I feel God drawing me into the faith space, but not just the faith space. I feel like, Rachel, there is a gap between the faith world and the personal development world. And I feel like some people feel like they're mutually exclusive. It's either faith world and you just need Jesus, 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 sit on your couch and wait till Gabriel appears in your room to tell you what to do and you don't do anything. Or the other extreme of do it yourself, do it yourself. The universe is on your side, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and God is not a part of the equation. And I don't think it has to be either or, and I don't think it should be either or. I believe there's this beautiful combination of stewardship where we're going to work like it all depends on us and pray like it all depends on God. And it's both where you can build your life on a foundation of God's word and seek God's guidance and have goals, have plans, take steps, take action, and be a good steward with the talents, money, resources that you have. And so what I really, my heart for where we're going with the Christy Wright Show and with things that are coming out from Living True, 40 Days to Get Back to You. I have a book coming out in September. Is to bridge this gap. I want to show people, I want to show the Christian world, hey, it's okay to have goals and steps and plans. That doesn't mean you don't love Jesus or trust the Lord. And I want to show the personal development world, like, hey, you're going to have a much better time if you would seek God in this and invite God into your story because he has plans for you and his plans are better than you could ask or imagine. And so I really want to bridge that gap. And I want to show people it's both. It's not all or nothing. It's us and God as we partner in this life on this earth. 
Amen, sister. And I am here to help you get that message out because I feel very (laughs) strongly about that as well. In fact, you know, I'm about to graduate as a therapist and I am trying to do that same thing in the therapy world and Christian world. People think they're different. Like they think you either need therapy or you need Jesus. And I'm like, no, let's marry those two. Like, (laughs) Let's let's bring them both together. So I am all for that mindset for sure. Um, Okay. So you just, you, you briefly mentioned you have a new devotional out, which I have it in my hands. It's beautiful. It's easy to read. It's just a couple pages each one, which has been perfect for me at bedtime to kind of wind down. Um, It's called Living True, 40 Days to Get Back to You. Anytime I see somebody uh, write a book, I always want to hear just like, what's the heart behind it? What's the vision behind it? I think that explains so much of where the book came from. So share that with us. Yeah, totally. So I would say this is a business principle, but it's also a good life principle that the majority of my content has not been an idea I've come up with. And it hasn't even necessarily just been an idea that God has given me in a dream, for example. That's fine if if He does. But for me, it's more a response to what I'm hearing. And I have heard for about 10 years, women say some version of, I feel like I've lost myself. I don't know who I am anymore. I feel like I've lost myself in my own life. I remember one of my very first speaking events at Purdue University in 2010, a woman walked up to me after a talk on life balance. And she said, I want to do that, but I don't know how because I don't even know who I am anymore. And I have heard some version of that for 10 years, but I've also felt it myself, Rachel. I have lost myself in seasons of life where the season was so hard or so demanding, whatever that looked like, whether it's with family or health or or work. I have lost myself in motherhood with little kids and being a mom of newborns or transitioning from one to two where you're going, who am I? Apart from being a mom, it feels so consuming in a practical sense, but also my love for them feels so consuming. And even physical limitations when I haven't been able to do things that make me feel like me, like run in seasons of recovery from surgery or something like that. So so I felt that myself. And I've heard women say that for years. And so a few years ago, when I felt God put on my heart to write a devotional, that was something I felt God stirring in me. And I really wanted to to do that and follow that faithfully. The topic that I felt was the right one to do from the Lord and the market is to get back to you. And so I was on a flight. This was about two years ago. And I was on a flight and I sat down. I was pregnant with my third child. And I, was, uh, I had been given direction from leadership here at our company. Okay, if you want to write this devotional, write an outline. What would this devotional be? what would you cover? What would it be about? Kind of to pitch it to him really for approval to move forward. And so I sat down, I opened up my computer on my um, tray table over my big pregnant belly and I opened up my laptop and opened up a Microsoft Word document. And I sat down, I was like, okay, if someone wants to get back to themselves, if I want to get back to me, Lord, how do we do that? Like, God, how do you get back to yourself? That's what we say. That's what we need. That's what we feel. How do you do it? Because I don't know. (laughs) And I felt God give me four things. And I wrote those four things down. I didn't edit them. Like it was literally, they just came out of me onto the Microsoft Word document. And I felt God say, no, four things. You know who God is, who you are, where you are, and where you're going. Mm-hmm. And so the devotional, I feel like God has given me all aspects of it from the number of days, 40, which is very accessible for a busy woman, especially moms, not 100 days, not 365 days, just 40. We could do that. We could do 40 days. It's also better for me as a longer form writer because I can't write in like 200 words per entry for 365 entries. Um, so, But 40 days is also a very biblical number. And it, you see it again and again in scripture of a transformation that occurs. 
in those 40 days. Um, from Noah and the ark, it rained for 40 days. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. The the one coming up, I'm thinking about leading my readers through the 40 days that Jesus appeared to people on the earth between the resurrection and the ascension. It was 40 days he appeared to people. So it's a very biblical number. And I felt like God gave me that number. So God started to give me the structure to it. You need to know these four things. It's 40 days. We're going to spend 10 days per section. So we're going to spend 10 days on who God is. What are 10 attributes of God that we know are true from his word? Then 10 days on who you are, because we're going to start with God because we're made in the image of God, but then we're going to talk about who you are. What does he say about you? And what are the truths about you in scripture that can help us combat the lies we feel from our past, from others, from the world, from medium, and root ourselves in what he says about us? Then 10 days on where you are, meaning your season of life. So what are the different aspects of your season that affect how you feel about yourself from your season of family, your season of finances, your season of priorities, your season of work, and how that affects who you are and how you feel about yourself in your own life. And then where you're going and what God says about your future. And um, God has a lot to say about your future. And if we're not careful, we will be so practical and say, oh, I just got to guard my heart. I don't want to get my hopes up. You know, I just am playing it safe. And the reality is we're letting past wounds hinder our ability to have a big, bold faith in who God is and the future He has for us. And so we look at 10 things God says about our future. And when we have this picture of who God is, who you are, where you are, and where you're going, I feel like that you end this journey more rooted and grounded in who you are in God and what He says about you and your future. And you feel like you've gotten back to yourself. Oh, I love this. I'm a numbers nerd. So I'm always seeing numbers, especially when I read the Bible. I'm like, I just have a math mind. And 10 is that num- is a number of completion too, isn't it? So that's really symbolic yeah, as well. Yeah, I about that. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, I love this. Okay, so here's a, here's a tough question for us to answer and to tackle on this same thread. How does a woman get back to her true self if she never knew who she was in the first place? Yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like that's a little bit of the um, message in the personal development world of like a pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And I think that when you try to figure out who you are apart from God, you will always have a fragmented picture. You will never have the full picture. And so I think the simplest way, even if you've never felt like yourself or felt clear on who you are, the best place to find that is not by looking into yourself, but looking to the one that created you. We are created in the image of God. God knew you before time began. He created you and He knows you better than anybody. He even knows you better than you know yourself. So even if you don't know yourself or know who you are, that's okay because God does because He created you. And so I think sometimes, um, especially if we're type A go-getters, we can be like, I know what I need and I'm just gonna you know, do, do, do it all myself. And we can run ahead of God. And the, the beauty in this picture here of starting with who God is, is God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we need. He knows our fears, our struggles. He knows what's coming tomorrow and what's coming in 10 years. He goes before us and behind us. And so I think that as simple and Sunday school as that may sound, the best way to figure out who you are is to seek the one that created you to begin with. I love your answer to that so much. And one of the reasons I asked that question is because I've heard women say that often. And I think to your point, um, personal development would, which I'm all for personality tests, don't get me wrong, but would say you should go take this test and this test and this test and that test. And, and, you know, and, and when those are great, there's a place for them. But I love that you just brought it back to so simple of what does God say about you? Like yeah. we should, it's just like, I mean, I've, I'm sure many of us have heard this illustration before of 
if you were trying to figure out how to run a new machine you got, you'd pull out the handbook and go, what's the user guide say? <laughs> you know, How do you use right. this thing? Uh, that's what we should do with ourselves. We should be pulling out the handbook, pulling out the word of God, going, what's the user guide say? What did my creator say about me? And that's where I can find out more about myself. So I love that. Yeah, and what's so cool is if you start there, if you start by seeking your creator, if you start by the foundation of who you are in his word, which is proven and you can build your life on it, then you can complement that truth with personality tests by asking trusted friends and family, hey, what do you see in me? By identifying patterns in your past, man, these are situations that make me light up and come alive. And these are situations that drain the life out of me. This tells me something about myself by my story, by the patterns, by the situations God has put me in and pulled me out of. Shown, I mean, God will show me things about myself in situations. So we can use those as a guide for sure. But I think we start at the truest place, which is by seeking Him. Today's episode is brought to you by my most downloaded resource called Three Action Steps to Overcome Fear and Pursue Your God-Given Dreams. Inside this free training, I give you access to the exact three steps I take when fear is looking me in the face and holding me back from moving forward towards my dreams. It also includes the one tool I use on a daily basis to keep a sound mind, and it comes in a beautiful, nine-page PDF workbook with detailed instructions on how to silence your fears. To download, head to rachelgilbert.com forward slash overcome fear. Okay, so let's dive into each of those four sections. The first one is who God is. What is the truth about God's character? And for somebody listening today who's like, I just want to know about more about God's character. Where? What do you... Obviously, you can share, you know, what you know to be true about God's character, but even ways that they can figure, learn about God's character and who He is. Yeah. So what's interesting is I think a lot of the things that we want in this life are available to us through God's Word, but we it's hard sometimes to read His Word. Sometimes it feels intimidating. It feels boring. We don't understand context. We're not Bible scholars. And so we're just like, ah, like I know it's there, but can someone else just translate for me? And what's interesting is um, the way that I wrote the 10 days about who God is, and, and if you're going through it, Rachel, then you know this, it's so simple. They're simple concepts, but sometimes we can overlook simplicity. We're looking for something really difficult and complex to be meaningful. And, and so the way that the 10 days are structured, are God is good. God is faithful. God is on time. God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. And these are statements of truth from Scripture. These are not Christy Wright's ideas. These are God's ideas in His Word. So we know we can build our life on them. But then I unpack them through stories and through the, the context around the Scripture and that type of thing. And so I think that knowing whether you, whether you find those truths through Scripture directly because you just read some verses, whether you Google it, whether you have a Bible study or a devotional to guide you, when you get to know God's character, it becomes much more easy to identify Him in your life, in His leading, in His voice, in situations and go, so let me give you an example, Rachel. I have a creative mind. So my mind can go off the rails like super fast. <laughs> like I've got thoughts and feelings. I've got so many feelings. My feelings have feelings. And if you're, if you're a creative mind like that, then sometimes, and I think a lot of women can be like this, your, minds are, your mind is so cluttered and you have so many voices in your head that sometimes it's hard to weed through what is from God and what is not. And so let's say that I'll have... Um, I had a rough week this week, being totally transparent. Like I've had some stuff at work that feels like it's a lot of conflict and I'm trying to navigate it with grace. And if I'm not careful, I'll come home from work and I'll hear this voice and it will say, you blew it. 
You blew it in that meeting. No one's going to respect you after that. No one's going to... You don't have any credibility to do another project because they don't want to work with you because they don't agree with you. And 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 oh, by the way, uh, remember how you snapped at your kids last weekend? And also you didn't get through your laundry. So you're really dropping the ball and all... And it just snowballs. Now, because I know God and because I spend time in His Word and because I remind myself intentionally actively, consciously of who he is and how he talks to me, I can stop that thought process and I can say to myself, this is not how God talks to me. This is not how he talks to me. God is not a God that goes, you're failing and you're ugly and you're a bad mom and you're a screw up and you blew it. God does not talk to you like that. Now the Holy Spirit will convict you and guide you, but that is a very different voice, a different feeling, a different experience and a different outcome. So what's so awesome about learning about these character qualities about God, it helps you experience Him in a different way, in a more personal way, in a more regular way in your day-to-day life. Because like any relationship with a friend, the more you get to know them, the more you know, yeah, that's them or that's not them, you know, And, and you just, you know them. And so when, when you get to know God, you are able to experience Him and recognize Him in your daily life more easily. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it said that um, the enemy of our soul is an accuser, but the Holy Spirit is yes. an advocate, you know, an advocate's a yes. helper and, you know, comes along and helps you, convicts you to change you. But an accuser is just throwing things out, you know, accusing you of all these things with no intention of any outcome of positive change or anything, you know. <laughs> totally, totally. And the thing that I think is a good reminder about some of these character qualities of God that we walk through in the devotional is when your situation feels anything but that. You can remind me that these are truths anyway, because your situation can change, but God does not change. And so when you're in a situation that feels bad, you can remind yourself God is still good. When you're in a situation that feels unknown and scary and risky and intimidating, because you're like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. You can remind yourself God is all knowing. God is not in heaven wringing his hands going, oh, I never saw this coming. He's never surprised. He's never caught off guard. He never has sweat on his brow because he's worried about how this is going to turn out. And so even though you feel those things, you can remind yourself that the God of the universe that loves you does not feel those things. And it can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding because you are building your life on the truth of who he is, not the ever-changing truth of your situation or your feelings or your perception of your situation. Oh, this is so good. And, you know, whenever I do therapy, a lot of times we, we talk about thoughts. And one thing that we do is is I encourage women to collect evidence for or against a thought. And so that's what sometimes, I, so when, as I'm reading your devotional in the section about God, I've been actually keeping a journal alongside of it and looking for whenever I read a certain characteristic, asking God, okay, today, God, show me evidence for you like for this. And it's been like really that. cool, just little ways that he's shown me like, yes. I've seen his goodness, or I've seen his faithfulness and writing it down, though, that's giving me more supporting evidence for who he is. And so it's supporting that it's been really powerful. So you bring up such a good point. And I think this is something that would be a great uh, challenge or, or invitation for your listeners. I did devotional for our company in January of this year. And this, the excerpts from scripture that I use were in the gospels where I used the two miraculous catch a fish, catch a fish. There were two. One is at the beginning of one of the gospels and one's at the end of one of the gospels. One is when Jesus was calling his disciples for the first time. The other instance was when he was appearing to them after his resurrection. So 
if you look at these two examples, in one instance, he's calling them, it's like Peter, John, James, that's who's there when he calls them and says, cast your net on the other side of the boat. They catch all these fish. Like, oh my gosh, they they leave and follow him and begin their ministry. Okay, so fast forward to the other gospel. And I can't remember which ones these are counted in. One is Mark, I believe. It's at the end. And so J- Jesus has appeared to his disciples in the upper room. So they know they can see him after his crucifixion and resurrection. So it's not like they're totally surprised. But he appears to them in the night when they're fishing and they haven't caught any fish. And he says, they don't know it's him. They don't recognize him, even though they knew this man, walked with this man, knew, knew him intimately. And they had seen him since he's risen. I mean, since the, the resurrection. So he appears to them and they don't know it's him. They're startled. And he says, have you not caught any fish? They said, no, we haven't caught any fish. And he says, cast your net on the other side. When he says the words, cast your net on the other side, John recognizes it's Jesus. Why? Because he did that before. He goes, oh, that's Jesus. He did that before. Remember? Remember when he called us? Remember when he told us to cast a net on the other side and we caught all these fish? It's Jesus. Peter jumps in the water. I mean, I've got chills even as I talk about it. They recognize Jesus because he did for them what he had done before. It was this moment of going, remember me? Remember how I did that before? I can do it again. Remember how we, we experienced that before? I'm still the same guy. And so to your point, Rachel, when you journal about God's faithfulness or whatever these qualities are in your past, you're more likely to see him in your present and identify him in your future. When you remember who he has been to you before, you are more likely to remember he will be that today and he will be that tomorrow because that's who he is. It's so helpful for us to learn how to recognize him. Woo, I have chills too. Like seriously, my that was so good and so powerful. I love that. Okay, so let's talk um, about another section in the book. We talked a little bit about who you are, um, but where you are. Seasons. This is a doozy. Seasons. It's we could have done the whole episode on seasons because I feel like sometimes when you're in a season, you're like, I don't like this season. It feels like you're going to be there forever and never coming out of it. So uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. So I I've been on this kick lately, Rachel, and it started really with this devotional writing this section of it. But I've, I haven't got off this kick about seasons because I don't think we talk about it enough and how it affects our life. And it affects... I mean, you're, you're into psychology, you're pursuing a degree, even how it affects our experience of our reality. Because to your point, we feel like wherever we are is where we always will be. It feels... Especially if it's a hard season, it feels like it will last forever. And the most dangerous thing I've personally experienced in relation to my different seasons is I've noticed I have a tendency to draw conclusions about myself, conclusions about my identity based on the season that I'm in. So I'll give you a tangible example that I write in the book. I have three little kids, age six and under. They make a mess. They are Cheez-Its and Ritz bits and peanut butter and toys just everywhere. And I clean nonstop and amazingly, they mess up faster than I can clean. So if I'm not careful, and I've done this before, I'll look around my house and I will see a mess and I will think I am a mess. Mm. I will draw statements about myself based on the season that I'm in. And as I have explored this topic and sought the Lord in this topic and, and learned about this topic, I have learned to separate myself from my season. Your season is where you are, not who you are. You are not the season you are in. I have little kids that make a mess. I am not a mess. And when you begin to separate your identity from the season that you're in, it gives you the strength to get through it and the grace that you need to get through it. And I think it also gives you a much healthier view 
yourself. So let's use some other examples. Let's say that you had a dream to start a business or pursue a higher education and a degree or go for a, a promotion at your company or, or apply for a better, bigger job. And you had to put that dream on pause. The education dream, the business dream, the career dream, because you have an ailing parent that you have to take care of. If you're not careful, you'll think, I'm lazy. I'm a failure. I'm not ambitious. I don't follow through on my plans. No, 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 no. You're in a season of taking care of someone you love very much. That season is where you are. That's not who you are. And so the more that we can learn to separate our identity from our season, we are going to have such a healthier perspective of who we are. And I think it gives us the permission to be present in that season, fully engaged in what is most important in that season, whether that's appreciating my little kids or Cheez-Its, because there's going to be a day that I wish those Cheez-Its were there because I wish they were little and would snuggle with me in pajamas again. And it gives me that permission to be present right here, knowing just because something's not right now doesn't mean it's not never. Those things that you want to do may be a different season, another season, a later season right now. Be where your feet are. Be present in the season that you're in and not draw conclusions about your identity based on the season you're in. All right, you're preaching today. (laughs) This is so good. Your season is where you are, not who you are. That bared repeating because that is such a powerful, powerful statement. I know we all do that. And so I just love that. Uh, Yeah, so I think a good way to wrap up our conversation today is to briefly talk about that final section. And it's where you're going, your future. I think a lot of people... Uh, maybe might be wrestling even more now than ever about what does our future look like? There's so many unknowns. And I think that's one of the biggest things we've all learned is there's so many things that are out of our control, but they're not out of God's control. Uh, He's always always on the throne, no matter what's happening in our society. So let's chat real briefly about that. Um, Any wisdom or insight you have about having hope for our future? Yeah, I would just I would just give a really strong challenge to everyone listening that the feelings and sentiments that we um, adopt as mature, grown adults that are practical and logical, and I'm not I'm not being pessimistic. I'm being realistic. I've just got to guard my heart. I don't want to get my hopes up. I'll believe it when I see it. All of those sentiments that we put under the banner of being a mature, practical grown up and being logical and level headed are not in line with scripture. God never asks us to be more practical, be more logical, please be more level-headed, please reign in your desires, please would you just have all this figured out before you have faith. No, God says to have faith, period. To have a big, bold faith that He is who He says He is, He can do what He says He can do, that He is the God of hope. So you can get your hopes up because your hopes are not in your situation anyway. Your hopes are in Him, the source of your hope. And so we need to let go of our past wounds that have broken our heart. We need to let go of this idea of being mature grownups and instead say, I'm going to have a childlike faith like scripture calls us to. And remember that scripture, the, the Bible, God's word to us, His truth for us, says that his plans for us are more than we could ever ask or imagine. And his plans for us are good. And his future for us is good. And we can bank our life on it. So for that reason, we can have a big, bold faith in who God is and what he has for us. Yeah, our hope is in him. That's a beautiful way to just wrap it all up. If our hope is in him, then everything's going to be okay. All right, well, before we hop off of here today, can you please share with the listeners where they connect with you online and then also where they can buy the devotional? 
Yeah, christywright.com. You can find out anything and everything there. And then Living True, you can get on Amazon, wherever books are sold. And Instagram's where I'm most active on social media, which is Christy B. Wright. And uh, yeah, I love to connect with people. Thank you so much for asking. And, and thanks for taking time, Rachel. I love that you're just being such a light in this online space. So anything I can do to support you, I'm so grateful to be here. Well, thank you. And thank you for taking time to be here. And um, all of those links will be in today's show notes. Awesome. Thank you. It is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show that we take the topic discussed with today's guest, and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. Today's episode was on a topic near to my heart as we discover more about ourselves and our creator. Christy and I briefly discussed one of the topics in her books on seasons. Now, I want to take a moment to dive a bit deeper by asking you just a couple of questions to think a little bit more about this topic of seasons. What season are you in now? If you're anything like me, you might be juggling a couple of seasons and that's okay. But think about it. If you can, write it down. But at the very least, just think about what season you're in right now. The second is, what lies have you believed in this season? And what truth is God wanting to show you about the season you're in today? I know those are simple, practical questions to ask, but please take the time to answer them. I think it's going to be really powerful, and I can't wait to hear what God shows you. Well, that concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. Be sure to take some time to go to rachelgilbert.com forward slash overcome fear to download that free guide. Okay, that's all that we have. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.